Um, the Board of Trustees meeting is now called to order at 4.34 p.m. We welcome members of the public. Um, instructions on making public comment are posted uh, in item one of the agenda, and we will ask at each item if there is public comment. Catherine, can you please do a roll call? Um, Trustee Olson. Uh, Trustee Kishinev. Here. Trustee DeLuna. Present. And Trustee Dodd. Here. Okay, and absent uh, at this time, we have Trustee Baker, Trustee Iverson, uh, Trustee Rios, and Student Trustee... Uh, um, Jorge Alejandro Martinez. Alejandro Martinez, that's right. Thank you. Um, and just to note for the record, too, that uh, I believe Trustee Rios and Trustee Baker will be joining us at some point. Trustee Iverson's absence is excused uh, due to a medical issue. Um, we will move on to the Pledge of Allegiance. Bob, would you indulge us in, in leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> um, we'll move to item 2.3, adoption of the agenda. Are there any changes? Or comments? Um, seeing that I, I do have just one, I, I'm actually just going to combine uh, item 3.1 and 3.2, uh, which we can do together. Um, and um, outside of that, um, if there are no other objections, we will adopt the agenda by consensus. And move on to uh, what is certainly going to be the best part of our meeting uh, today. Um, where there's uh, two actions um, before the board um, today. The first one is a trustee emeritus, which is a very, very uh, big deal um, in the college and provides, if you look at there's a few different, pretty cool benefits. Catherine, will you just go over those benefits that uh, what a trustee emeritus bestows? I just want to make sure that this is for trans public transparency purposes. Okay, so this comes from Board Policy 2800, Trustee Emeritus. Oh, I could use this one. Sorry to put you on the spot. Um, the Board of Trustees recognizes extraordinary and significant contributions to Napa Valley College by former trustee. Michael Baldini for his 20 years of service and dedication to Napa Valley College. Uh, the Board of Trustees will vote on deciding to honor him by conferring emeritus status for his lifetime. And that will, um, you have served the college for a minimum of three terms. You have served in a leadership role on the Board of Trustees. Check, check. Mm -hmm. You have contributed significantly significantly to the development of the college. Okay. Uh, you have provided meritorious service in representing the college to its community. And you have demonstrated a continuous commitment to strengthening educational opportunities for local citizens. Um, 
Conferral of emeritus status entitles the trustee to an appropriate listing in the college catalog, the privilege of attending commencement exercises. With all the regalia, Michael. A permanent college parking permit and library privileges. while you are not a member of the Board of Trustees, you may be called upon to advise the college in matters deemed appropriate by the Board and the Superintendent Chris. And he has already, too. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, tonight, we honor the extraordinary service and, and contribution of our former colleague, Michael Baldini, who served for 20 years. So that's not just three terms, that's five terms um, as a member of the, the College Board of Trustees. Um, we would like to welcome uh, folks uh, in the audience. Deborah, thank you for being here. It's lovely to see you. Um, I know there are other um, supporters uh, watching uh, remotely from uh, the DOS Foundation and uh, uh, Viticulture and Winery uh, Technology uh, Foundation as well, um, where uh, Michael has graciously served for a number of years um, as, as a responsibility on the board. Um, I certainly can think of... Um, uh, Michael's amazing um, virtues and, and qualities, which made him such a quality board member. But just from my personal experience, you know, two immediately come to mind is is one, you know, I've I've always respect uh, respected how Michael carried himself, and he's always been, I think, I mean, really a tremendous mentor um, to me. Um, something that I've always valued, and I think really all for all new uh, incoming trustees, um, for somebody that if his breadth of experience has really just seen it not just once but probably twice before, um, he's, he's uh, just carried himself incredibly well, and, and doing so in a fashion not that is demanding or pushing somebody for a certain vote or a certain action, a certain direction, but really talking in a very calm and, and cool, uh, collected fashion, um, and just raising his experiences, addressing the same issue uh, in the past and his experiences. And I think for that kind of context, it's been, it's been incredibly helpful, especially um, dealing with a lot of the issues that we have dealt with uh, here um, on the board and the district for the last two years. Um, second, um, what immediately comes to mind, and I think a lot of you will agree with me here, is really... Um, embodies this uh, amazing, um, you know, to have a successful, I don't know, a career, business, life, a role in the community, Michael always shows up. I think and when you when rubber meets the road, a lot of what we do is, is that's what it's all about, is about being there and about showing up. And Michael has always showed up and he always shows up, whether or not it's a pinning ceremony, of course, graduations, um, the occasional academic senate uh, meeting, um, uh, was a little, little bit, um, and Michael has. I mean, he's just there, and um, and you know, going to certain events, and certainly not as many as Michael. What's uh, all I've been on uh, as a trustee. I, I know how much that means for folks out in the community, folks here um, at the at the college. That means um, to everyone, and it means everything. I know from speaking with students, and they really appreciate that. And every single event that I, you know, I, I miss, I know I miss. I hear, oh, Michael, thank you so much for going, Trustee Dodd. Where were you? <laughs> um, and I, it was uh, happened a few times. <laughs> so. Um, Michael, I know maybe some other folks do want to want to say a few things, but I just want to let you know how how grateful I am personally for your leadership, 
and serving um, as a wonderful model of, of what a, a Napa Valley College a, a district trustee should be. Um, so if there is any other comments, I'd love to have any public comment. This is, we do have a, a two action um, items before it. Catherine, do we have any public comment? Uh, no, I don't have any public comment for you. What well, we have two votes, but one of the votes is um, a resolution that the board will vote, vote up, uh, upon uh, very shortly. Um, and I'll just um, succinctly uh, I cover it. Um, uh, Michael Baldini served as trustee from 2002, from uh, 2002 to 2022 with exemplary dedication and commitment to Napa Valley College students. Michael was exceptional in promoting the college, encouraging the community, faculty, and staff to ensure that the opportunities of college education, transfer to university, and job skill training were afforded to all. You're here on that. Um, Michael contributed his unique perspective and wisdom to deliberations of the board and was very influential in moving the college forward through budgetary challenges and ever-evolving landscape of higher education. Michael provided wonderful leadership, guidance, and perseverance in the face of many difficult decisions. Uh, Michael stepped up as a leader in 2007 and 2012 to serve as board chair and president, and in 2006, 2015, and 2020 to serve as vice president, as well as various stints on the Real Property uh, a Committee and Viticulture and Winery Technology Board, the DOS Board, um, including uh, uh, last year as well. Um, Michael's grace, charm, and leadership skills will were applied generously and appropriately in board meeting discussions. Michael doesn't say it, but Michael is absolutely the consummate gentleman. Um, Michael's quiet humor and gentle words provided inspiration and guidance for the board to achieve greater levels and thoughtful actions on many key issues um, while maintaining a clear focus on student success. Um, now I would welcome a motion for approving this this resolution and also for emeritus status. I'd like to make the motion to approve. Thank you, Trustee Luna. I'll second it. Thank you, Trustee Olson. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. 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 Actually, I need Rios to get in this. We're just we're we're congratulating. Uh, you know who. <laughs> yeah. You may have seen him before. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Trustee Rios, we, and I, if you'd like to make a, a few comments after this, um, but uh, we have uh, voting on uh, Trustee Baldini's emeritus status and also uh, a, a re resolution that we just uh, read off. And we, there is a motion and a second on the table. <laughs> so, maybe I'll offer it up for any discussion on. Uh, on this motion. Thank you. I um, apologize for being late, but traffic was so great, I thought I'd enjoy it a little longer. <laughs> so, uh, the, um, well, I'm, I'm happy I, I made it. I um, Now, I don't know how long, I guess I've known Michael for about 12 years or so. Um, he's probably part of the reason I'm here, him and uh, Bruce Ketron. Um, Back when I uh, decided to to run for the board, I think he he talked to me with Bruce um, and helped convince me. Uh, but there's, I'm sure, I don't know if 
people have talked about Michael already. I think if you know Michael, he, uh, you know what kind of person he is. Um, there's no question how he feels about uh, the college and uh, the students and helping the community. I mean, he's got a, a huge heart, um, always looking to do the right thing. Um, and certainly has done a lot for for the community in general and a whole lot for the uh, students here at the college. Uh, I think to know Michael is, is to be a friend with Michael. I don't think anybody could meet him uh, that does not uh, become a friend of Michael's at one level or another. He's just that kind of person. Um, when I came on the board, he was... It was kind of reassuring having somebody like Michael who's had so much experience, knows so much about the uh, college and the community, um, and knowing that, you know, you could go to Michael for something for background, um, you could always rely on on his memory of things here at the college and the district. Um, of course, you know, there's so many great things I, I could go on forever, but I do have to mention that uh, he did let me down on a couple of things while he was on the board. <laughs> exactly. He, he was going to take me fishing, and that just never happened. But he may have more time now that he's off the board, so <laughs> it may happen. Um, so I uh, I am so happy to know Michael. I'm, uh, the community is lucky to have had him uh, for this long. I'm sure he's going to continue in some way to uh, be a part of the community and contribute as he always has done. So congratulations on, on this uh, honor. Thank you, Trustee Rios, very much for your thoughtful words. Well, I will uh, call for a vote. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none. Uh, Michael, uh, your emeritus status is, is well-deserved. I'd like to present you with this uh, resolution and a, and a gift uh, on behalf of uh, the board and the college. <laughs> yes, you absolutely do. That's, I'll just start by by saying this. Actually, put up with me for twenty years. Actually, captured somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Michael. Oh, Raphael, you said all the great things, and I'll certainly go for another twenty years. I, I'm on. Thank you very much, John. Everything that they said. And, and and all of you, I I value you, and you were the reasons why I did what I did for so long. Just great people, 
with the passion and, and uh, the, uh, as my wife says, GSD, get stuff done that was edited for you. Uh, but, but thank you. Thank you very much. I, I first, um, a little, little background, and I know you're supposed to be in closed session, so I'll make it quick, Raphael. <laughs> Chairman, uh, thank you very much for, for your words and your leadership, certainly over the last couple of years through COVID and through the tough times, and, and um, thank you. The, um, I, I had gone to 10 schools in 12 years. That's quite a few. I knew a lot of principals. No, that, that's... Mom, you didn't hear that. Um, and the last thing I wanted to do was walk on to another school. And I had a, a, a great job, company truck. I'm 17 years old, living the life. And we had one of the wettest winters we ever had. And I worked in agriculture. And I got laid off. And um, not a good time. And mom, dad, who had never gone to college, and none of our, uh, my four brothers, three sisters had never graduated or anything, uh, they said, get down to Napa College. And I walked on this campus, and I think I signed up for um, for something about technology, and that's the days of the punch cards as I, I look at, at, at Bob and Pat back there and things like that. That was that was computers. But it, 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 uh, it, it started something, probably my professor of English, uh, Professor Lesher, and he tapped into that area where, where I never had any success at all, and that was uh, English, writing, creative writing. And uh, that was my inspiration to, to go on. And, and as it does with so many thousands of other people over the years, it started right here at, at Napa College. And I'm very appreciative to, to you carrying on that, that uh, baton and passing it to the next, next generation of students. Um, and there's there's a few things I should let you know as uh, in my exit interview as, as such. Uh, I remember I had to take a speech class and, and I didn't do very well. I actually had a petition for a grade change. But they said, we want you to talk about something that it's in your life. And I, I don't know, is it the... 1300 or 1400 building right over here where the STEM center is and the buildings on the right, right around. Um, it's sure you're tired about 10, 15 years ago. And it was interesting to come here and actually have professors that you learn from still on campus. That was the exciting, exciting part about things. But I bought my brand new rabbit and drove it over to the classroom and parked it outside in about the middle of the speech. Uh, and this was pre-Sergeant uh, Wade and so on and so forth. They asked me to move the car, but the professor said, no, let him finish his speech. And, and I thought that was that was pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> so the um, initially, as I came on the board, there's a lot of learnings, a lot of things to absorb. And one discussion was about the hook ramp here that we used to have right off of, of uh, 221 going south and you come right off the freeway right into campus and right into the parking lot and everybody else had to stop you hope but uh, so there was some discussion about it's blocking the view and, and i thought well great uh, i just borrowed dad's chainsaw and, and pruning i went out there myself and here comes the uh, secretary and 
the Catherine Tittle of the day, Susan, and uh, with another police officer wanting to know what I was doing out there. And, and what I'm trying to get to is, well, then there was the uh, flex day. And um, my cousin and I grew up together. He's one of your constituents, uh, Raphael. He's up in Calistoga now. We worked in the vineyards together. If there was a, a way to do things, he would have it done. And uh, so I said what I wanted after we worked on for, one for him, um, and he, he liked the idea that I could do it. And he's a professional engineer. And this was, um, we had just, uh, just voted on bringing a, a Dr. Kraft on board, and it was his first meeting. And I got a phone call at home saying, uh, we have a question for you. Well, over the, um, the nice people in the Performing Arts Center, they let me in and my cousin in, and we put in, a, it's still there, it's an eye bolt, it's up near the, the uh, control booth and there's another one on the back side of the stage we actually put in a zip line and so if going forward if there's a performance of superman or or another mary poppins or something it's there and it's good and if you need certification we have it so it's all ready to go dr pal so if you want to make your entrance is it tomorrow or i could have it done in, in a matter of an hour or so put that zip line in and flying in like uh, um Belts certainly like that, but you know the message here is just just go out and do it. There's there's uh, and, and make it make it happen. There's so much assets here, so much to offer our students, and make every decision with with that in mind. It's um, is it going to benefit the students? You know, looking at Bunker Camp and all uh, how many times that we've been up there and tried to do something, or even the, you know, when we get the St. Helena campus back or the athletic fields, and there's a whole lot of work left to be done. But it was so gratifying to come in and see the construction on the uh, the, the house. And again, thank you for working towards that end, and, uh, and thank you for your patience. And this man here has been. Uh, Mr. Pat Burke, he has been showing up. He's one of those uh, gentlemen that, that plaques should be written about. Or you walk through this campus and you see this is Performing Arts Center. This is because someone stepped forward to donate. This man has donated his time and his effort in the viticulture for, since its inception, right? Since, uh, what, 2007? Yeah, yes, and and not only that, he's a pretty good chef. So if you need to hone your skills, take one of his Napa Valley College classes or anything like that. But he's he's stepped forward and and, and does it. And I don't think there's a paycheck involved with that. Maybe a hearty handshake and a glass of wine every once in a while. But thank you very much, Matt, and thank you for showing up. Catherine, he's a good guy. Yes. That you know that, but thank you again. Is there anything I missed, darling, that I, I should add to you? And and oh, I gotta go. Thank you, thank you, Michael, and thank you everybody for being here. Well, I think we're gonna enjoy some cake um, uh, after. We'll, we'll move into uh, quickly for any sort of public comment on closed session items before we do that. And Celebrate, so, do, we, do we have any public comment on closed session items, Catherine? No, I do not. Okay. Um, then we will move into closed session slash uh, cake um, uh, time. 
uh, and return. Uh, yeah, we'll be covering a public employee performance evaluation return at 5.30 p.m. On your Brown Act, um, by definition, uh, this is an opportunity to hear concerns, perspectives, and differing vantage points. The board is not able under the Brown Act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion, uh, but we look forward to this opportunity to gather community input. The board will devote up to 15 minutes to review comments uh, to the board regarding uh, any matter uh, not on the agenda uh, tonight, um, but over which the board has jurisdiction, and we will allow three minutes for each public comment. Catherine, I have not received any public comments. Have you? No public comment. I do not see any members of the audience interested in speaking tonight. Uh, so we will move on to consent. Um, any changes to the consent calendar? Any questions or whatnot? And I uh, will ask Catherine if there's any public comment on our consent items. No, there is not. Okay. And I would welcome a motion for approval. Move approval of the consent calendar. Thank you, Trustee Thank Rios and Trustee DeLuna. For the second, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Our consent is adopted unanimously. And moving on to item number one out of here. Eight. Uh, I guess the next item is uh, administrative services uh, action, an action item for 13.1 district audit report. Um, let's see, maybe we can do the audit report first and then we'll, uh, see if there's any. Do you want to postpone? Trustee Don, I, I would, um, I would request that, uh, we move this to later in the meeting. Uh, the auditor is actually online with another institution. Okay. And, uh, he said he would be available at 615, between 615 and 630. So, um, I would politely request that we delay that until uh, at least 6.15. Okay, yeah, it's not a problem at all. And then maybe just uh, give us a nudge uh, when 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 they're ready to go. So okay. uh, I'll see them join and we'll just... Okay, sounds good. I'll just wait for a, a nod. Thank you. Then uh, is it okay to do a general fund uh, 11 budget update? Yes. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, let me orient you to this schedule again. I'm sure you're you're better oriented than I am at this point. However, um, let me point out in the upper right corner of the schedule, uh, right behind my picture, it says six over six, which tells you that we are halfway through the budget year. We're at fifty percent, six over twelve. Excuse me, we're at fifty percent through the budget year. Now, the budget isn't split exactly in half, so what we do is we compare to uh, our expenditures uh, at this point last year in terms of percentages. And if you look at the right column, it'll show you where we are uh, with respect to expenditures as compared to the ver this very time last year. I would point out just a few areas uh, under the revenue side. You can see that our property taxes are the largest contributor to our, la our lag in revenues. Um, that doesn't mean we're not getting them. That means that we continue to, uh, they continue to be delayed from the county. We did receive a, a nice tranche of, of revenue in December. Uh, uh, however, we're still uh, significantly behind where we should be in terms of revenue. Um, uh, for this time as compared to last year. Uh, we are in touch with the county offices to determine 
um, what they're doing, <laughs> uh, but we're in the same boat as, as the uh, school district who also manages those funds. Uh, we do earn interest on these funds, so it's not as though they're, they're, they're gaining and we're losing, but we need them for certainly um, for our needs. We do not have a cash flow problem because uh, our, the, the funds we receive for a variety of purposes, including categoricals, have arrived. Uh, from from the uh, from the chancellor's office and from the state, uh, and we uh, so from a cash flow perspective, we're still doing fine. But we would like to see the revenues from the county arrive uh, fairly soon. So if you know anyone at the county, you can call. Please do so. If I can just call your attention to the expense side, we'll roll down the right column. You'll notice that we're we're in pretty good shape in in almost every category. Our total salaries under the expenditures, far right column, we're at about 46% as compared to right at 50% last year. Salaries and benefits are 85% of our budget. So these are the drivers in our budget. The next main line down under employee benefits, scroll down a bit there, Catherine. We're at about 45%. Thank you, Trustee Olson. If you could read those off for me. We're at about... 45% as compared to 52% last year. Um, just as a baseline comparison, we, we uh, and the audit will show this, if you're asking, oh, well, you're comparing to last year, but how did we do last year? Well, we did well last year in terms of our expenditures over revenue. So you can you can have some confidence in knowing that, that it wasn't a bad year last year that we're comparing to. It was actually a good year, a baseline good year. So the, the only other area I would draw your attention to, unless you'd like to discuss further, is uh, just scroll down a little bit under a little more. Our capital outlay, our capital outlay line is still looking at 113% of budget. Much of this is due to timing. We had, we had investments on the front end. We still need to do some adjustments to other funds there, and that's why we're looking at 113% um, uh, of our budget. Under total expenditures, total expenditures, the blue line, if you will, uh, and, and, the, um, and the percentages, move over one more column to the right. There you go. We're at 47% of our expenditures compared to last year, so we're still trending in a good place. Our expenditures are about $1.5 million less than they were at this point last year. So we're trending in a positive direction. The only concern, and I would say it's a minor concern at this point, is just the time that our revenues arrive. Uh, so we'll continue to uh, to encourage the, uh, the county to, uh, to open their checkbooks. So that would conclude my report on Fund 11. Our general, our, our unrestricted operating fund. I'll certainly entertain questions. Go ahead, Trustee Baker. Um, I was just curious about the staffing, since again, that's our big chunk. Um, the classified temporary is the only one that's like really that different, I think, from previous year. I got 28% to 54%. I was just wondering um, 
if you have any idea what what's driving that and if it's something that's of concern. And the other question I had was um, these other ones that are a little bit lower than in previous years, is that due to vacancies or is it just because we over budgeted? Well, they're, they're due to both both uh, issues. The, 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 the uh, classified temporary, those are TEAs, I'd have to take a closer look and see exactly what's happening there. So, Trustee Baker, I, I don't have a specific answer to that question, but I will get that to you. The other dynamic that's occurring here in terms of under under uh, funding are two. Number one, we have some open positions that are funded in the budget that have not been filled. So that is uh, that's a plus and a minus. It's a plus financially. It can be a minus if we're not uh, delivering services in some areas. The other the other uh, issue you brought up is this budget is based on a projection of previous, the three previous years, and we've generally added eight percent as um, a cost of uh, a cost of doing business increase. Um, so if it hasn't been if it hasn't improved by eight percent, then we're to the good. Um, and and if it hasn't gone over that, of course, it's, it'll cost us more. But we are trending more positively now. Uh, we don't have many positions that are uh, funded and unfilled, but we do have. Uh, we do have. Uh, I'm going to say four to six, maybe, maybe even fewer than that. But those numbers obviously add up pretty quickly when you when you put together both salaries and benefits. I'll research the uh, temporary classified and circle back with a response to that. I had a question. Are there any um, grant-funded positions that are not filled right now that we need? There are requests to fill grant-funded positions. Uh, those are actually in Fund 12, which are restricted funds. But th there are some uh, unfilled grant, uh, grant positions. Um, a question on my end and regarding <clears throat> cash flow. If, if uh, the county doesn't get us a check... You know, when when do you think we should be concerned? And I guess maybe a, a related question on cash flow. You'd mentioned that we do have cash flow reserve, but it sounds like that was more cash for kind of fund twelve accounts. Or do you separate those two or how do you how do you parse those out? We have cash in our accounts with the county. What what's that? Sorry. Yeah, we have cash in our accounts with the county. They are for a variety of purposes, but the county allows us to utilize those. Uh, in the short term for cash flow purposes. Uh, so from that perspective, we are, we are fine. Uh, when those, when those uh, revenues arrive, it, it all writes itself effectively in the accounting. Any questions? Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Reeves. Um, making the clock uh, five to six, uh, we will move to appointments to board committees. Um, and so I have, uh, talked with a few of you, um, sorry if I didn't get around to uh, everybody, but for audit and finance, uh, was proposing trustee Baker, a uh, trustee Kishinev and trustee DeLuna. And I think this is my appointment or, or whatever, but if you guys don't, if you have any comments or objections or so on, <laughs> let me know now. Right. So, um, uh I would rather not do the audit and finance 
Well, the only reason I thought is so I had done it that I had done it in my previous term. I just think it's important for you to, I think it's important for every trustee to go through that process and, and yeah. do it through the year just to have that exposure. Um, and I think trustee Baker's leadership, uh, over the last year, two years, actually, I think it was just last year. Yeah. year. um, I think you're being good hands in terms of, you know, what to be looking at, but it's a good exercise that actually almost kind of think it should be a requirement for every single trustee. So if you don't, if you feel like a time, a time issue or, or whatnot, yeah. um, you know, maybe we can, yeah. <laughs> I just, I think we we have met. I think in the last years, in terms of time, um, no, yeah, no more than four times a year. I think it was probably three. Okay. Still no. <laughs> I, 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 I guess budget just isn't a big learning point for me. I guess. I, I know budgets really well and I've worked extensively and I'm on other budget committees and other on other boards that I'm on. That's why you would be so good. Yes. Then. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I just as far as the learning side of it, I don't mm. feel that I need it as much, but um, are there other board appointments that will be changing? Why don't we move on to uh, real property? And uh, maybe we can revisit uh, audit and finance. Um, real property is Trustee Rios, uh, Trustee Olson, and Trustee Iverson, and student trustee Alejandre Martinez. Uh, for McPherson Distinguished Teaching Award, uh, which is a relatively low commit, uh, Trustee Olson, I thought you, I kind of had you and, and Trustee Kisha. I just think for you, both of you, it's just a nice opportunity to, to uh, interact. Uh, with with our staff and faculty, so I think it's a nice exposure. So actually, uh, to that end, for Dr. Shank Award, I pointed uh, uh, you, uh, Trustee Kishinev, to um, for for that award, and I believe the commitment is relatively low on that. Yeah, two meetings, and they're typically towards the end of the in the early spring. Yeah, and it's it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I was really glad to hear my name on the audit and finance committee. That is the one committee that I really did want to be yeah. on. Good. So I'm thank glad. you. Yeah. Um, so, okay. That's where we're at on that. Um, audit and finance. Okay. So trustee Lewin does not want to do audit and finance. Um, so we will um, pick the odd man out here, which is the trustee that's not here. <laughs> and that's called the uh, a trustee act. <laughs> well, there's uh, some other committees coming up. Trustee Baker. <laughs> yeah. There's also other responsibilities here that's going on. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, good, and good, good, good question. I think that's a, a just for a comment uh, for um, Trustee Kishinev and Trustee Olson's benefit. We did formerly have a legislative affairs committee just going over really state legislative uh, pieces that were, um, that was happening at the Capitol primarily, um, in Sacramento. Um, and we decided really just to disband that and kind of go through, you know, doing those updates here at the, at the board level and as opposed to kind of, I, I didn't think it was the best use of staff resources to uh, go ahead and do it. And I think now with where we don't have our, our kind of legislative uh, liaison, Holly Dawson here at the college anymore, I think it makes even more sense to continue to um, 
to have that, that committee on standby. And to the extent I think that there is any sort of real pressing state legislation um, that we're made aware of, um, that we will just call an ad hoc committee and, and, and figure out how to address, address that. I get a lot of legislative updates through the CCCT as well, so I can um, be that voice there too if something comes up. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. <clears throat> and... Okay, and then we actually have to do three votes for um, DOS, Viticulture and Winery Technology, uh, and Foundation Board. So I'll, maybe I'll just go, maybe combine this if you think it's efficient enough. Yeah, we're supposed to, I think we're supposed to, at least I have it on mine. Okay. Okay. Well, so I, that doesn't, because they're exterior. Yeah. Um, so for our DOS board, um, I had previously had uh, trustee Iverson, um, listed there, but I will appoint trustee Luna, uh, to the DOS board. All in favor. Aye. 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 Any opposed? There you go. <laughs> uh, Viticulture and Winery Technology Foundation Board. Um, Trustee, I didn't have, if, if anybody wants that, Trustee Rios, I just thought with your exposure to to wine and grape growing, I just thought you'd be a, a, a valuable ad. I know you're you're, you're already on um, on real property right now. I will. There uh, is. I'd be happy to serve on that real property. We, we don't have a meeting every month. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. All in, all in uh, favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you, uh, Trustee Rios, for that. And then I was going to nominate myself for foundation board. Any? Um, I'll second. Thank you. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was going to nominate. I'll do that. Uh, uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. See, I told you I'm doing something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, cool. So, um, moving. Yeah. We now have the auditor. Oh, perfect timing. Great. <clears throat> so, we will uh, revert back to item 13.1, which is an action item. Uh, we'll take the report, and then after the report, we'll, we'll take uh, public comment. Report from the committee. Yeah, I think uh, maybe if we could have our auditor go first or, or Jim go first and then maybe uh, uh, Trustee Rios, maybe you can indulge us for any sort of clarification or corrections or, or, or whatnot. Does that sound like a good plan? Yeah, I think that's what uh, Mr. Reeves had in mind, have the auditor give us the, the quick report and um, then his comments and then the committee. Recommendation. Mr. Reed, do you want to kick us off if that sounds good? Thank you, Trustee Rios, Trustee Dodd. As a reminder, the Board of Trustees retains uh, an independent audit, audit firm to, to determine if the district's financial statements fairly and accurately represent the district's financial position. The audit report for, uh, for uh, the institution reflects compliance in addition to financial status. 
So with that, uh, I'd like to turn it over to Mr. Ben Livett for, with our audit firm, CWDL, to give us a high-level uh, overview of, of the three audits. There are three audits that we'll take a look at. Uh, and and uh, with respect to the audit committee's work, they have uh, had a detailed look at, at these audits uh, uh, last Friday. So if you'll allow me to turn it over to Mr. Levitt, please, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you, VP Reeves. And uh, good evening, members of the board. My pleasure to be with you tonight to speak to the results of the audits as of fiscal 22. Uh, as has been mentioned, I had the chance to go over these reports in detail with the committee uh, this past Friday. So I'll I'll spare you those details. I'll go through them at a higher level in this meeting, but do not hesitate uh, to stop me at any point if any member of the board would like for me to go more in detail uh, as to any of the documents or um, any of our procedures as performed throughout the year. I just want to make uh, one comment prior to jumping in that I am very pleased to be able to give this presentation uh, here in January and also to be able to say that these reports were submitted timely uh, to the chancellor's office. Uh, as of fiscal 22, we are back on the December 31st uh, traditional deadline as apart from the, the past few years. And many of your peers are in a position where they are not yet completed with their audits and needing to request extensions. That's not the case here at Napa. And I want to express our appreciation uh, to district management uh, for putting us in a position where we were able to obtain all the records that we needed, and it's many, many records across virtually every department uh, to be able to conclude our work and bring these results to you uh, this evening. Uh, so with that, I'm going to speak to uh, the main audit reports contained within each of the documents. Uh, and for the district audit, that consists of four separate reports, the first one uh, appearing on page number one. Uh, so as we flip to page number one, uh, we see the independent auditor's report. That is our chief work product in the district audit. Uh, in this report, uh, we opine on the fairness of the presentation of the overall district financials. And our opinion appears right at the, the first page of this, uh, this report uh, as the second paragraph uh, down from the top of page one. Uh, and we are able to provide an unmodified opinion for fiscal 22, an unmodified opinion is the highest quality opinion that an auditor can render and is to say based upon the results of our testing these financial statements can absolutely be relied upon by the district's governing board the district and all of napa valley stakeholders uh, and so moving past that uh kind of going through the body of the document the other auditors report section uh begins all the way back on page number 68 and so that is the start of the next three auditors reports contained within the, the overall uh, financial audit. Uh, that report on page 68 is what's called our yellow book opinion. That concerns our testing over internal controls and controls over compliance. Had we noted uh, an exception to uh, controls, um, such as a, a breakdown in the district's internal controls, we would note that exception in this section of the report very pleased to report for fiscal 22 we note no such exceptions uh, to napa valley's control environment and so an entirely clean yellow book opinion on page 68 um, for fiscal 22. moving past that report onto uh, the next required uh, section of testing on page 70. Uh, page 70 concerns our single audit which is our federal testing 
And for purposes of fiscal 22, federal testing was primarily focused not only on the student financial aid cluster, uh, but also on the very significant uh, source of funding coming from the HERF program at the uh, federal uh, CARES Act level. And based around this testing, had any exception been noted uh, to any of the major programs we were required to look at during the year, uh, we would note that exception to federal compliance in this portion of the report. Uh, we note no exceptions to federal compliance as of June 30, 22. Uh, and so an entirely clean single audit. And the final section of our testing appears on page 73. Uh, these are the procedures uh, spelled out on page 75, a couple pages into the state compliance report that are dictated by the chancellor's office. This is probably the most technical section um, in terms of the, the breadth and the detail of the procedures that we are required to test to. And uh, we note sections 411 through 499 as all of the procedures spelled out by the uh, chancellor's office's updated uh, contract district audit manual or CDAM uh, for this testing year. Uh, we do note one exception to state compliance uh, which we detail further in the findings and question cost section of the report, which I'll speak to uh, immediately following this report. Um, but other than that one section pertaining to uh, failure to comply with the 50% law, um, we note no exception uh, deviations from any of, any of the other required uh, testing areas under state compliance. And so with that, I will move on to speak to the one loan exception uh, noted as a significant deficiency during the fiscal 22 audit year. And that's going to appear in the very next section of the report in the schedule of findings and question costs. And when we scroll to page 79, we'll see that finding detailed out as finding number 2022-001. This will be familiar to the board as this is a repeat finding coming out of fiscal 21. Essentially what this comment is noting is that the district fell below the required 50% threshold um, for all for the current expense of education uh, to essentially include 50% of expenditures relating to uh, salaries of classroom instructors and related uh, classroom uh, instruction. And we note that the, uh, the percentage has fallen below that now for this second year, uh, requiring for us to note this item as a significant deficiency um, in the report. And in the corrective action plan identified on the bottom of page 79, district management uh, provides an explanation and some perspective on the comment, as well as a path forward. Um, and it's our uh, hope and expectation that going into uh, fiscal 23 and forward, the district will work to uh, try to bring up this ratio of the required salaries of classroom instructors uh, to step into compliance with the 50% law, uh, so long as this law is on the books. There are many uh, fellow districts challenging the validity of the 50% law. There's many good arguments uh, against this law being kind of the best fit for the, the California Community College District system. Uh, but at this time, since this is uh, the current law, uh, an exception to this threshold does unfortunately constitute a significant deficiency. And we note that on uh, page 79 is finding 2022 001. 
The very final section of the report uh, concerns prior comments, which is always a good section to look at to get some perspective on year-over-year change and any exceptions noted by the audit. And so going on to the very next page, on page 80, uh, we see finding 2021-001 as a finding notated in the prior year uh, concerning the SCFF data management control environment. This finding centered around the fact that during the prior fiscal year, the district did not have a documented plan in place uh, over the control environment. There were uh, plans and procedures identified, but uh, they were not documented in the fashion required by the chancellor's office. Uh, we note that finding as resolved and implemented in fiscal 22, and we are able to reflect that at the bottom of page 80 in the status section of that finding. And the final part of this report, um, or at least the findings section, uh, page 81 uh, shows the fiscal 21 comment regarding the 50% law, uh, showing the first year of that concern noted uh, where the district stepped below that 50% threshold of the current expense of education being dictated by uh, salaries of classroom instructors. And so um, I want to pause there just for a moment before going on to the very final section of the report, uh, just to check in with the board to see if there's any questions uh, relating to any part of this document um, or any aspect of the results of the audit, uh, including the, the finding noted in the current and the prior years. All right. And hearing none, I'll go on to the very next section of the report. Um, I'm pretty excited about this final section just because uh, we see it at our firm as a really good improvement uh, to the, the format of the prior audits. This was a change that was requested and ultimately delivered upon by district management. Starting on page 83, this is not required information. is presented here uh, in a supplementary fashion um, to provide all of the district's operating funds. Uh, you'll note that the core financials in the audit report uh, show the district's financial statements in uh, a, a format that is modified to include long-term activity, but governmental fund accounting uh, does not include long-term activity and, in fact, does not include many of the adjustments that go into getting the funds uh, to their presentation as required by governmental accounting standards. And so here, starting on page 83, the district shows its funds really in the exact same format um, as the uh, the fiscal services department would be looking at the, the funds uh, in, in terms of all their decision-making. So on page 83, we see the balance sheet of all the district's funds, chief among them, the general fund unrestricted at the far left-hand side of that page. And then on page 84, we see all the activities concerning those funds, the statements of revenues, expenditures, and changes in fund balance. We feel that's a really great improvement uh, to the um, usability of the financials to enable not only the board, uh, but also community members to be able to really see uh, into, um, in a more transparent fashion, the district's financial records. And in addition to that, on page 85, the very last page of the report, uh, we note a new schedule, also not required, presented as supplementary information by management. Uh, for the first time in fiscal 22 that provides a budget to actual for that most critical fund the unrestricted general fund and so we can see uh in the final in the far left hand column on page 85 
the final adopted budget as of June 30, 22, in the center column, the actuals for the unrestricted general fund, and then the variances between the two in the form of budget to actuals. So for instance, we can see looking at total revenues uh, that for fiscal 22, total revenues fell below uh, budgeted revenues by $1.458 million. Uh, but along those same lines, total expenditures also fell below budgeted expenditures by $2.028 million, resulting in an excess of revenues over expenditures relative to the budget of $569,099. And after accounting for other financing sources, um, that generates a positive impact uh, to fund balance relative to budgeted fund balance of $401,484. We feel this is a helpful schedule presented by management uh, to show um, for the unrestricted general fund exactly how that fund has done at the snapshot date of June 30, 22, relative to the final adopted budget. And uh, and that concludes the uh, the district's audit report. Uh, before moving on to the other audit, audit reports, I just want to pause for a moment to see if there's any questions uh, relating to any aspect of this document or any of our procedures over the district audit. Ben, if I could just comment on this very last schedule uh, at the audit committee meeting. If you look at if you have some experience with uh, with financial, no, most of us will recognize if it's in parentheses, it's a negative number. In this case, it, it, it's not reflected exactly that way. So fund balance at the end of the year, you'll notice uh, in 2021 20, uh, was $3.884 million. And in the end of 22, it was $4.411 million. So it increased by an amount equal to 526,511. So we have, uh, I spoke with Ben and he actually delivered that revised schedule. So it's a little easier to read uh, than just looking at um, looking at numbers in parentheses. There's no red ink here, folks. It's just the way that the orientation of the accounting and we have, uh, we have made those changes. That's a really, really good point to note. Um, so members of the audit committee will remember our discussion on the orientation with the variances being based around uh, the budget rather than the actuals column. And coming out of that conversation, it really felt like we were all on the same page, that the most straightforward way to present it would be, um, just as Jim indicated, uh, showing uh, a positive number where there's been effectively a positive change and a negative number where things have gone uh, the wrong way, or, or at least um, you know against the favor of the, the ending balance. Uh, and so, we, uh, we see here a decrease in revenues reflected as a negative, um, a decrease in expenditures reflected as a negative, and an increase in that ending fund balance relative to the budget reflected as a positive, uh, which we hope will make the statements even more usable uh, than that original version presented to the audit committee. All the same numbers, like Jim mentioned, just uh, changing uh, that convention uh, for the way that the variance column displays. Thank you, Mr. Levitt. And thank you, Jim, so for nice. being in there too. Any uh, comments or, or questions? Seeing um, none. Okay. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, uh, jumping in, uh, Mr. Levitt. And um, I did 
also want to thank uh, you, Jim, for all of your uh, work on this and getting text messages like on the day after Christmas and weekends and making sure that we got this to the chancellor's office, uh, even though albeit maybe in draft form, but on, on time and, um, and in really good shape. So I appreciate, uh, the diligence and attention to detail and, and, uh, and Mr. Levin, I'm sure you're uh, actively involved in that, in that process as well. So thank you for your efforts. It's our pleasure. No, it was a really smooth process. Thanks to a uh, really, really good uh, district administration on all the points. Well, this is an action item. Um, so um, actually, before we jump on that, uh, Catherine, do we have any uh, public comment? No, we do not. Okay, and I have not received uh, any either. Um, so I would uh, welcome a motion uh, to approve. Oh, well, if I could interject for a second. But you shook your head when I uh, asked you if you want to ask any comments or questions. That was your right. comments. This is the committee's uh, job Thank to... Uh, excuse me, report. just excuse me. Of course, Trustee Rios. <laughs> so you just heard the, the highlights from, from Ben, which he did a very good job of covering all the, the high points. Um, well, when we heard this and... We asked a few questions at the uh, the committee. It was the uh, committee's recommendation that the board accept the um, auditors of uh, this audit uh, as presented. Thank you very much, Trustee Rios. Um, and also, I did I did want to add too. I, I enjoyed seeing. Thank you for the extra work on including those extra details. That was going to be the one question I was going to ask is, you know, what is different in this uh, audit, you know, compared with, with years past. So that was, that was what I mentioned uh, about attention to detail and those, those extra pieces. I know that the audit and finance committee were, were asking about, um, you know, to address uh, you know, certain omissions or things that would have been nice to have in previous years. So uh, I would at this time uh, welcome a uh, motion for approval. Move approval. Thank you, Trustee Rios. I'll second that. Oh, sorry. Let me go, Trustee Baker. I heard you <laughs> first just because she's closer to me. Uh, all in favor? <laughs> Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. Audit is accepted, approved, and submitted. Thank you again, Mr. Levitt. Trustee Dodd, uh, we'll need to take a formal action on the other two audits. Uh, from the foundation and, and DAS. Okay. So Ben, um, it sounds like uh, uh, you're on for just a few more minutes. Absolutely. Which uh, which should we start with between uh, DAS and VWT? Let's go with DAS. Sounds good. DAS is going to be a much shorter document. Uh, again, I'll, I'll speak to it at a high level and then don't hesitate uh, to stop me along the way with any questions. Uh, the DAS report begins on page number one with our independent auditor's report, which uh, for the exact same purposes it served in the district audit, uh, this is where we opine on the fairness of the presentation of the DAS financials. And as can be seen in the second paragraph down from the top of the first page, uh, we are able to express an unmodified opinion over the DAS financials, which is the highest quality opinion an auditor can render and is to say based on the results of our testing for fiscal 22, the DAS financials can absolutely be relied upon um, by the board, the district, and all of the district stakeholders. And then going through the DAS audit, um, the main sections that we'll note are the uh, core financials beginning on page three. 
the notes to the financials beginning on page eight and, uh, and, and concluding on page 13. And based upon the uh, standards in place over uh, the, the, the auxiliary entity DAS, um, there are no additional auditor's reports. The only auditor's report contained in within, within the document is our independent uh, audit report over the, the fairness of the presentation of the financials. So um, that uh, that kind of sums up the DAS audit. Uh, but if there's any questions, if there's any aspect of the report uh, that any member of the board would like for me to cover in more detail, um, I'd be happy to do so. So I'll, I'll pause there before jumping into BWT uh, just to see if there's any question uh, relating to this audit report. Any questions? I do not see any. Okay. All right. And then uh, jumping right into- Can we stop for a second and, excuse me, uh, and I think we should take action on this. I, I'm happy to do it. We can do it all together unless there is- Well, I think we were, it's probably best that we do it separately, the approvals. If that's what you want to do, that's, that's fine. Let's, let's do it. Jim, did you have any other comment on this? I have no further comment. However, I would agree uh, with uh, with Trustee Rios that that for the public record, we we likely need to act uh, on each individual audit. Okay, I'd just point out that um, the uh, dashboard had voted and accepted the audit, um, you know, on their on their end. So it was uh, after hearing the presentation, it was the committee's uh, recommendation again that the uh, board accept the uh, audit. Thank you, Trustee Rios. Are there any other questions or comments on this? Catherine, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. Public ask? Well, I would uh, welcome a motion for approval. Move approval. Thank you, Trustee Rios and Trustee Baker for your second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? None. Approved unanimously. Uh, we'll go on to uh, viticulture. Uh, and winery foundation. Sounds good. BWT as the final report starts on page one with our independent auditors report where, um, as the board knows, we express our opinion on the fairness of presentation of the overall VWT financials. Uh, and as can be seen in the opinion paragraph, which is the second paragraph down from the top of page number one, uh, we are able to express an unmodified opinion over VWT's financials as of June 30, 22. Um, that is the highest quality opinion that we are able to express and is to say that these financials can be relied upon by all of the VWT stakeholders. And very similar to the presentation of DAS, uh, the VWT core appears on page number three and the notes to the VWT audit report appear on page number eight, providing additional detail on the balances contained within the VWT core. And uh, also similar to DAS, there are no additional auditor's reports contained within this document. So I'll, I'll stop right there and uh, just check in to see if any member of the board has any questions uh, concerning the VWT financials or any of our procedures uh, as performed on VWT for fiscal 22. I don't see any questions. Uh, Trustee Rios, do you want to provide an update from audit and finance? Jim, any additional comments? No additional comments from staff. 
This, the uh, committee also, uh, after, after reviewing this and uh, noting that the uh, VWT board has also accepted this audit, recommends that the board accept the audit. Thank you, Trustee Rios. Catherine, do we have any uh, public comment? No, we do not. Okay. Well, then we're back at that time again. Thank you, Trustee Rios and Trustee. I'll second. Thank you. For your second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, any opposed? Uh, this audit is approved unanimously. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. If I could, uh, Trustee Dodd, extend a thanks to the Audit and Finance Committee. This was uh, uh, an interesting year, and and that we uh, we try to fit this in before twelve thirty one, and so I appreciate their patience in working with us. We did meet all of our compliance requirements, uh, so I thank you. I'd like to also publicly thank the finance team led by Wendy Nucho and our finance folks who worked uh, did some extraordinary uh, work to get this to where it is. So I'd like to thank them publicly. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Reese, for saying that. And please express our, our gratitude as well, if we didn't express that already. Um, we will move to our reports. No, oh, Catherine is shaking her head. What did I miss, Catherine? We have only uh, one present, and that is here in the room. And he has posted his... He did. I saw it was a very nice PowerPoint <laughs> slides. Thank you. Do we have those? Should we uh, put those up? You bring that up. Great. President Dodd, members of the board, um, happy new year and happy new semester. Uh, this month, I would like to take a slightly different direction with my report. Uh, next page, please. Uh, in the last month, there has been a lot of buzz in the media about ChatGPT, an artificial intelligence program that can write cogent essays, solve science and math problems, and produce working computer code. I asked it this weekend to write my monthly report. Next page. <laughs> um, and this is what it produced. Next page. Uh, dear Board of Trustees, I'm writing to provide an update on the administrative activities for the start of the spring semester. Enrollment for the spring semester has been strong, with the total number of blank students currently enrolled in classes. We've also seen an increase in the number of online and hybrid classes offered in response to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. We have implemented strict protocols to ensure the safety of our students, faculty, and staff. The facilities department has been working diligently to prepare our campus for the spring semester. They have completed several projects, including the installation of hand sanitizer stations and the upgrade of some of the classroom facilities and classroom technologies, excuse me. We've also continued to focus our efforts to support student success and retention. We've implemented several new programs, including a peer mentoring program and a series of workshops on academic success strategies. Overall, we are off to a strong start for the spring semester. We will continue to monitor the situation with the pandemic and make any necessary adjustments to ensure the safety and well-being of our community. Uh, as you can see, the AI has perfected the art of preparing a nice-sounding report that provides you with virtually no information. Uh, it even provided a shorter version as a haiku. Next page. Hires made. Policy has changed. Student needs met. Progress made. Spring semester thrives. 
more troublingly, uh, I also asked it to write a short essay about federalism, and it produced a response that would have earned a B minus in my intro to American government class. Uh, next page. Uh, this is the sort of thing that keeps administrators awake at night. Uh, for example, faculty worry about AI written homework and exams, although there's now software uh, for AI detector programs, including one at Turnitin, which we use at this campus that can provide plagiarism flags. We may, however, need to rethink assessment, bringing more students to campus for in-person proctored exams. Uh, yet, our testing services are limited at the moment to only DSPS students because of budgetary and staffing constraints. Our own foray via a chatbot called Stormy was not particularly successful. Uh, however, artificial intelligence may provide important benefits. It could automate many routine transactions with students and admissions and records in the business office. It could help English language learners improve their skills and perhaps tutor students in many subjects. Yet our network infrastructure is weak our classroom computing power is outdated. We have little expertise in this area, and I think that the campus would agree that we are not yet ready for technological revolutions. Uh, I am not a Luddite, but one must wonder if the future will be AI-generated reports that eliminate the needs for deans, faculty, or even trustees. These are the kinds of issues that administration, staff, and faculty must consider together as we look to the future. Um, as ChatGPT would express about the future of artificial intelligence, next page, uh, in haiku form, AI and education grows. Online classes personalize learning for all students. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. So that is our only report. Yes. Bob, what was the name of that program? Mm -hmm. It's called ChatGPT, um, and it's at openai.org. Thank you for that. If no, no. But now I'm you're going to write, write your report for the, when we get to the trustee report. <laughs> you can actually do it on your phone right now, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no. What did New York do? They banned it. Huh. What is it? Yeah, yeah. 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 There are faculty um, across the, the college, across the country, who use this technology in their classrooms. So, for example, in an English class, uh, to have the AI write an outline and do a first draft of that outline, and then the students turn in that outline and the first draft, and then they work on it, and they show their modifications to that what the artificial intelligence produced. So um, it is not all bad. Um, like any other technology, it is a tool, um, but it is one that rapidly moves. And this is stuff that just came out last month. So um, it is uh, something that we need to keep our eye on. Was it that because I saw your, but that's why I read your post on Facebook, which you had this South Carolina professor. Is that kind of how it really came about as a big issue in academia? Uh, it, it is. Well, once the OpenAI uh, folks released it in November, I think it started getting attention at a lot of places yeah. um, where students are starting to use it to turn in work, but also instructors are starting to use it as well for um, other purposes. I was just going to ask, what are the benefits that we know so far for educators? 
So, um, as I said, so for example, um, you can um, use it to help students with uh, English language learners, for example, uh, may benefit from having that kind of real-time uh, chat sort of function uh, based upon uh, use of language. So there are, there are some benefits. The ability to automate transactions may be very helpful. Students who have routine inquiries, if you could ask it, how many sections of English 120 are available on Monday, Wednesday, you know, and get that answer in real time. Those are the kinds of things that could be very, very helpful for us um, and could ultimately save us money so we could redirect resources in, in other ways. And then what do the detectors entail? Um, and would well, that inquire, require us to buy, purchase software? Uh, so that moves very quickly as well. Um, the first one that came out was written by a Princeton student. Um, and then uh, this week, uh, Turnitin.com uh, announced that they have an AI detector uh, software, and that's a, a service that we use. So that's incorporated automatically into the service that we use and connected to Canvas. Thank you, Bob. Um, so that is our only um, constituent report. Okay. Um, we will go to our president cabinet reports then. Which are not written by artificial intelligence, as far as I know. <laughs> you never, you never know unless it goes through a. <laughs> this evening, um, and vice as uh, academic affairs, I have no formal report um, other than to let let it, let you all know that um, trending in our our uh, enrollments for this semester, we are about six percent down, um, based uh, in comparison to last last spring uh we have made some good improvement in the last in the last week once the once the holidays uh com concluded um and we are moving some courses uh late start given given folks time to register so we'll see but we are we did hit a nice little bump and a, we've plateaued so right now um we have 3541 uh individual students enrolled for a total of 9422 enrollments then um, that puts us at 6.62% less than last spring at this time on this date. So hopefully we will be uh, bumping up a bit. We do have some late start classes. We do have some some um, uh, moving and switching that we'll be doing over the next couple of weeks as as um, uh, we'll see where it goes. Census date is February 6th for our traditional courses. So we'll see where we go. Um, and so the next board meeting, we'll have uh, more uh, updates for you. One other point is that um, as we've transitioned to self-service, some of you may have heard um, in, our, in our student software and uh, interface with faculty, uh, we still may have a bit of a challenge collecting uh, positive attendance numbers. And just the other day, uh, Dean Vandervelde and, and did his his uh, area, I went through the health occupations. We garnered 100, 153 FTES that were not captured in the fall as of yet. And we have not done the audit yet on the career education workforce development. So uh, the healthcare areas and career education are the areas where we capture many FTEs and positive attendance. So there's been a learning curve with the transition to a new process, um, as well as a few glitches. But uh, we're on it, the, the deans and I were on it to, to capture those, to give true reflections of where we are. So next month, we'll have some numbers for you that will be a little bit more uh, more uh, definitive. Okay, <clears throat> so I think I'm up. Um, so good evening, Board of Trustees uh, and community. Happy New Year to to all of you, and, and uh, I'm hoping you all had a 
wonderful three-day weekend and uh, and a great Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so day of service. Um, <clears throat> so just a couple of general updates to, to begin, kind of, um, again, um, piggyback off uh, VP Harris's um, numbers. The Student Affairs is working collectively <clears throat> to onboard new students through admissions and records, Welcome Center, financial aid, counseling. We've been really busy the last uh, last few days, last couple of weeks um, to really work towards bringing new students onto to, to campus and, and, um, and successfully in, in getting them enrolled. Um, there are a couple of glitches that we've, we've experienced through through IT that we are working to to navigate through. Um, but uh, with all that said, it's it's really been um, the entire staff coming together in, in student affairs, especially around welcome center counseling to to overcome barriers. So I really do appreciate um, staff from other departments from uh, counseling specifically who stepped in to, to help out the welcome center um, and really. From that perspective of a team, so um, I lift it up to them, and 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 many thanks to to everybody involved in that really really important work. Uh, moving on to community outreach, <clears throat> the um, student affairs department. We're working really closely with the outreach task force um, to identify key activities this, this semester uh, to target outreach specifically to our Upper Valley and our American Canyon areas. We want to make sure we attend to the needs of our community. Um, with that said, we, we are working towards developing what we're calling that college exploration days. This will target our local high schools as well as our Upper Valley and American Canyon uh, schools. Um, the goal will be to increase the number of students coming to Napa Valley College by bringing them to campus, literally. So getting buses and um, bringing them to NBC so they can really learn about all of our programs we have to offer. Ultimately, and, and really the goal is to also connect them with staff, connect them with staff and services, because we know that the research is clear that students will succeed if there's a connection. So building that connection, that bridge to our, to our schools is really important for us. Um, and um, it really the tour of campus, the experience of, of the community college system and learning what options they have, we really think is going to make an impact for our students. And then by the end of that day, hopefully they would have done a step or two in the enrollment process. So they walk away, leave our campus with something done. So it moves them closer to really being a student here um, at NBC. So that we're planning the day for that. And when we have those dates, we will let you know. Um, hopefully you can, you can join us. Um, student Affairs Council. The uh, Student Affairs Council, which consists of student affairs managers and administrators. We met uh, late last week to really start speaking and talking about our, our goals for the semester. Um, we're prioritizing what came up in that meeting is for the prioritization of really this idea of strengthening our communication in student affairs. So we are on the same team working together to serve our students and community. Um, and ultimately, that, that, that uh, teamwork that increased communication among programs, among managers, among staff, will impact the way we serve students, right? So uh, working together to really uh, offer uh, really um, good experience to our students is what the, the council really identified. With that said, really a focus also on culture-responsive and equity-minded training for all of our student affairs staff. So that is, that is a, a goal that we, we wish to complete this semester. And we're gonna to continue to refine these as, as we meet, as we as we um, work with our students. Um, in my last um, update, and I'd like to invite you, uh, and I have a flyer here, actually, if you don't mind, I click him on the flyer um, there, to the Viva Mariachi uh, Festival coming up. Yes, our third annual Viva Mariachi Festival, April 1st. Uh, we will have two shows. Uh, one at three o'clock, one at seven o'clock. We have uh, mariachi groups 
Next, we have a middle school mariachi group coming from Las Vegas, award-winning. Uh, we have a group from Santa Rosa who will be joining us, um, as well as one from UCLA. The UCLA group is actually the first group in higher education to come together and organize for mariachi. So very excited to have them here. Um, this is a collaboration um, not only with our student affairs folks, but with staff, um, also our music uh, department and, and folks and really making sure that we work collectively to, to impact our community from a cultural um, perspective, but also learning about our, uh, our programs right, and what NBC has to offer. So we're very excited about that. Hopefully you can join us. And that concludes my report. What is the cost? Cost is going to be $15 a ticket. And what kind of sponsorship opportunities are you looking for? Oh, uh, all kinds. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, so in my report, right. if you'd like to sponsor yeah. or help us out, I'd okay. uh, love to talk to you more about that. Sounds good. <laughs> tell all your friends. Yes, please tell all your friends. Get the word out. We, we yeah. need to bring all my teams. Yeah. I'll pay for that. Yeah. I think it's my turn. Trustee Olson and I have a friendly wager about what time we'll finish tonight. So my report will be extraordinarily brief. <laughs> I would just refer you to my posted report uh, and just uh, give you a little bit of an update on the housing project, which uh, we see out there and we referenced earlier. We are a little bit behind on schedule due to the rains. We do anticipate some pouring of concrete in the next several days. So that's the big mile marker for us. And we'll provide a more complete report on progress there at, uh, at a future meeting. So in my uh, desire to win this bet, I'm going to sign off. Thank you. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> but actually, I did want to know, did, were, was there any, other than just delaying things, was there any problem with the storms? No. No, I, I can say no with confidence now. Just the delays and what's caused by the rain. Um, they're concerned that if it gets too wet that the forms won't hold, so they're reinforcing the forms. We were ahead of schedule prior to the rains. We're a bit behind uh, now. And as soon as we pour the forms, that's a significant milestone. We'll begin to solve for uh, opening on time and where we are at the pouring of the, uh, the foundation in terms of overtime in terms of bringing crews on on Saturday, et cetera. So I think after those foundations are poured, that's a significant milestone that allows us to judge where we can go from there. Well, I guess it's my turn. And since I didn't get in on that wager, I'm going to talk very slow. Um, good evening. Happy New Year and welcome back, everyone. Um, we just completed the first round of interviews for Assistant Superintendent Vice President of Academic Affairs. We will be holding second interviews as well as campus forums on Monday, January the 23rd and Tuesday, January the 24th. This will be based on conversations held today will be held in the PAC. Um, we're making arrangements for that. Um, and also, Trustee Baker, you asked last month, will this be streamed? We're making arrangements for that as well. Um, the Assistant Superintendent Vice President of Student Affairs that will be posted this week. Um, also next month, as a reminder, we're coming to the close of receiving our SERP applications. The SERP applications, the SERP is our early retirement incentive. Um, applications are due in our office 
uh, via DocuSign January the 27th of this month. Um, Next month, we will be bringing a recommendation based on the amount of applications we received at that time. And look forward to having future discussions with you next month on that. And you all, thank you very much for your time. Uh, you know, PAC is, is obviously a very nice place to meet, but I, I always get concerned when we're, maybe I'll be taking a step back. I think this, this room is totally suited with, if, if there's going to be remote streaming and, and I don't know if there's going to be online participation, but it just seems so everything is all, go ahead, Bob, please. If I could chime in on that yeah. one, our, our plan is to have um, the upper part of the house closed off with stanchions so that it will direct people into the lower part and in the center. Yeah. Uh, which makes for a little bit more of an intimate venue. And I guess that was my, it was really more on the, the technological side. Like if we are going to be doing streaming, I just, what was the one forum that we had? It was a great forum, but uh, as someone who was participating remotely and that's just the the challenges of doing it, right? Nice. But it was like those folks couldn't hear anything for the first 20 minutes. I would just hate to have something to go through that process. Um, and I just look at the investment that we've, we've uh, you know, put into this this room and I would love to start using more, but you guys make the decisions. And, but just wanted to offer that. No, I, I really appreciate that. And actually that's what I offered um, earlier, but the idea came in for the pack so we immediately start having conversations i with with matt um to confirm that they're able to zoom in on the candidates and making sure one that can be heard very clearly but also be seen very clearly um, let me provide some context as to the why Uh, we had this conversation and discussion today actually um and in in today's forum in the flex day forum we did pilot the uh the hybrid format with people there live and with it streaming in the pack and reports coming back that 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 was sufficient that worked well uh, both parties were there honestly the feedback came from my perspective as a as a candidate about a year ago um being you know having an interesting experience where you know we're physically bringing people on campus for interviews and yet not doing a forum and not having the chance to interact physically with uh, with you know, potential of the candidates engaging with the community in a live format and environment. So um, if we do, as we approach the date, encounter, uh, you know, some complications with technical difficulties as we lead up to it, then, you know, we can pivot and shift. It's it, it, it's much easier to pivot it to, you know, an online only experience than to, you know, kind of shift back to something on the ground. It wasn't, it wasn't anything about doing it. Anytime you have an online component, I just think the risk of doing it outside uh, the risk of potential issues occurring are much higher when it's done outside of this room. It seems to be the case to me. And I bet if you did a, a, a survey of all the different remote events and where you've had issues and where you haven't, but that that's just my, my two cents. So that's, that's all it is. And again, if, if, it's looking as if that's going to create a problem from a technical difficulty perspective. We the the point was, but did you think there was going to be a technical problem uh, at the at the community forum that, that you guys were hosting? So. Yeah, and I think also the original plan when we did the interviews for your position mm-hmm. was to have an in-person and something went weird. And so that's why it ended up being only virtual. So I don't know if, like to Jeff's point, would it be possible to do a hybrid in here and then just have people in, you know, in the seats back here rather than, I mean, but if it works at the pack, do it. Well, duly noted. And 
the most important thing is that candidates have the chance to to share their ideas in broadcasting. And if 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 the pivot here or shift here makes more sense, then you know we'll touch bases and figure out from a technological perspective what the best uh, strategy flow will be. So. Well, it always gives me anxiety anytime we do something hybrid, whether it's here, anywhere on campus, because it's a less controlled environment. Uh, but it is mitigated the best uh, in this room at present. So uh, point well taken, uh, trustee die. Uh, I just have two quick updates. Uh, the first is uh, we I got the chance last week to visit uh, Sonoma State with both uh, both interim VP Reeves and uh, Dr. Ghetto to discuss potential partnerships with Sonoma State. Very excited uh, at the initial conversations that came out of that. Uh, we did meet with their interim president. We met with several of their executive staff and members uh, from an oper uh, operational perspective to discuss uh, potential partnerships, including a formal two plus two pathway, which would create guaranteed pathways for our students into their programs. Uh, they are a program that is not impacted with the exception of, I believe it was two instructional programs that uh, were the exclusion of impaction, which is great. Three programs, thank you. Which is great for uh, for our students and for us because uh, the impaction rate at a lot of the CSUs is significantly higher. So the fact that they have the spaces to accommodate our students and are so interested in uh, establishing formal pathways is very exciting. So uh, Dr. G is spearheading those efforts and more to come uh, with what that partnership can look like soon. And the other update is just today was Flex Day. And as I mentioned before, we had uh, I had the chance to to meet with the uh, the campus, to talk with them, share some thoughts about uh, what our goals and objectives for this semester will be. Uh, really focused a lot on the importance of building community and establishing that as uh, really a benchmark to assess and uh, really achieve a lot of the other goals that we have to lay out. So uh, I think it went well. Feedback from the campus has been uh, very positive so far. So I think we're ready to start this spring semester and uh, some exciting things on the on the horizon. Thank you, Dr. Powell. <clears throat> uh, we will um, pass on uh, or move to standing committee and other appointment reports and pass on Dawson in Viticulture and Winery Foundation report, as well as audit and finance, as well as real property committee. Um, I assume the same for the, um, the remaining three items now that I just go through that list. So uh, seeing no objections, uh, Jim was liking where this is headed. Uh, we'll move to trust. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Shared I had eight o'clock in the poll, so I printed out 20 pages of uh, War and Peace. So if I can just, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you for your filibuster. Uh, uh, the, our student trustee is not here um, today, but I will move from my right, starting with you, Trust Trustee Kishinev, hopefully not uh, War and Peace, but uh, you're up. Um, I have nothing to report. Uh, Trustee Rios. Nothing to report, Jim. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Trustee Baker. I was trying to think of something, but sorry, I have <laughs> nothing to report. <laughs> Trustee Delina. That was just another reminder. We'll be in Sacramento in two weeks, I think, um, for our annual conference, the new trustees. And I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody joins us and there should be a reception as well for new trustees. Wonderful. I'll make sure to let you and Jason and everybody can go, but I'll make sure that you and Jason both know about Thank it. Thank you. 
Trustee Olson. Um, I just have uh, something to share. I am helping plan the sixth annual Napa Valley Black History Month celebration. Um, a good friend of mine, JT Thompson, is the founder of the celebration, and I started helping him at the second annual event um, by involving youth and young adults locally in the conversations that we're having as a county about um, local and historical um, black or black local and historical black community. And so um, I just wanted to share that the event will be this year on February 11th from 2 to 5 in the afternoon at Crosswalk Community Church. And I'm really hoping because of the focus on um, diversity at our community college that we can really involve the college this year, particularly the Emoja community. So I already talked to Dr. G before the meeting about connecting with um, with the lead of the Emoja um group and really ask, you know, finding out from them if they want to be involved and how we, we have, um, some, a few people that are already slated to speak. Um, we want to have like a young adult panel this year. The theme for the 2023 Black History Month nationally is Black Resistance. So, um, I will share more. I just created a Facebook event today and invited some of you who are on Facebook, but I'll share more on the ticket link in the next week or so. Thank you, Trustee Olson. Um, I have nothing to report either, except for I did skip uh, item 17.3, future agenda item requests. And I will do a survey to my left and the right. And I see Trustee Baker with her hand up. Just a thought um, that it would be, uh, I think, a good idea for us to review our policy, I guess, or a direction on building of the reserve. Because um, the looking at the first off the 50% law and that we're inching closer to something that is supposed to be 50%. But in order to do that, we have to make significant changes. And then looking at, even though we added 500,000 to the reserve this year, that's barely 5% of the total that we would actually need. Um, and then we've actually increased our expenses by 5.4%. So that's just not sustainable. We've had that discussion before that even when you have a healthy reserve, if you don't continually add to it, it's eventually going to diminish just because our expenses go up faster than our income. So just thought it would be good. It's been a few years since we've even looked at it, so it would be good to do that. I would say that I'm in favor of doing that too. Okay. Um, Dr. Powell and Ms. Reese, maybe you guys could huddle um, at some point um, on when you know might be a good opportunity to do. I don't think there's any expectations, and uh, that this would happen next month, or not even maybe the, the following month. But uh, just to have it, yeah, track it on the radar, and I think it's a good idea too. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, that is the end of our show tonight. And we will adjourn at uh, 6.59 p.m.